Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from John 15, 9 through 17. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to John in your Bible. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Thank you, Sam. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Well, happy Mother's Day. I've said it already, but we'll say it again. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, I'll say happy Mother's, Mother's Day to my mom. Hi, Mom. She's on the internet watching, hopefully. If she isn't, then if she isn't, then that's a lot of shame. She's not. Oh, okay. Well, um, I I do hope that you feel uh, feel loved here. Uh, I hope that you got a good photo taken. If you have not gotten a photo taken, um, I invite you to be able to do that uh, after the service. We'll take a picture, and then hopefully we're going to get them printed out, and we'll either try to send them to you, or you can pick them up next week. So. Well, um, we've already kind of talked a little bit about love, but I think love can make us do some really, really weird things, right? Like, maybe you saw this in high school or in college, where, like, it, it sometimes changes us in, in different ways, like, changes us maybe for the better if, if we've been loved by someone who is really kind and loving, and maybe, maybe changes us for the worst if we're kind of loved by uh, someone who's maybe not so kind, uh, you probably, though, have seen this in, in maybe even in your kids or in yourself, where, like, a girl may start liking a certain genre of music because the guy she's interested in really likes that type of music. Any, anybody ever have a relationship like that where you, yeah? Oh, or, or, like, a guy may begin to dress a certain way uh, because the girl he's interested in wants him to dress a certain way. Like, for instance, he may not want to tuck his shirt in, but he does anyway. Love makes us do weird things, like <laughs> be uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, um, you know, those are, those are silly, silly kind of examples. But uh, we, we do, we, we change, I think, when we are loved or love other people. And uh, sometimes it's not real great. Sometimes love can be kind of toxic. Um, I hope you haven't experienced that. I know you probably have seen other people experience that. I, I know I have. Um, and it can just, it can completely shape who we are. I, I do wonder what it is about, yes? Okay. Hi, Mom. None of this is about you. Okay. All right. 
Uh, I, do, I do wonder, though, like, what is it about this mysterious force called love uh, that can shape us so profoundly? I, I think there's uh, a couple of reasons. One, I, I think that's just the way we're wired, uh, that you and I were created to be relational beings, like we, we were created to be in relationship with other people in such a way that like, so that we might bear our inner selves to someone else. So we might be known fully and to know someone else fully and to, to love in that kind of way. And I think, I think we, we love because well, we, we desire that kind of relationship. We desire that kind of, of closeness and intimacy. And sometimes I think that when we find someone who is going to, we think might be able to love us that way, or, or we might be able to love them that way, uh, we, we tend to do what we need to do to, to keep hold of, of that relationship. Well, um, it shapes us. Uh, I think the truth of the matter is that it is impossible to enter into any kind of relationship without that relationship shaping who it is that we are, who it is that we're becoming. I think it's also a powerful force in shaping lives because it's particularly influenced by the love that we have received from our earliest moments. Uh, here's, here's kind of the, the thesis for today, the, the main point. Uh, the love, well, I don't have it on there. The love that you have been loved with profoundly shapes the way in which you are going to love in this world. Uh, the way you've experienced love from the very beginning, I think, shapes how you know how to love here and now. And so maybe, maybe from the very beginning, you were really well loved. You had wonderful parents who did everything that they were supposed to do. And you, have, you know that love, and you know what that's supposed to look like, and you have internalized that, and then you can turn around, and you can love a spouse or your children in the same kind of way. Uh, or maybe you were not loved so well. Uh, maybe not loved by someone who is uh, as kind and as caring as they needed to be. And so you learned how to love improperly. Uh, it, not in a self-giving kind of way, but in a selfish kind of way where, where the love that you might have for someone is only based on the love, that, the things that they might be able to give to you. I hope, though, that I think there's a, another possibility, and I think this is part of what we're talking about today, at least what I want us to see and hear, is that when we are loved wrong, it doesn't mean that we are doomed to take on that and continue that cycle of brokenness and uh, wrong love. Uh, perhaps maybe you weren't loved well, but, but something changed, something's happened. You had an encounter with somebody or you had an encounter with a God who loved you and it broken that cycle of, of brokenness. By the way, I think, I think all of the things that are wrong with our world are a result of people not being loved in the way they should have been loved. Like, I have no empirical evidence to back this up. I am not a psychologist. But it just seems, it just feels that like when we aren't loved well, it just perpetuates this cycle of selfishness and trying to fill this kind of need that we need for, for connectedness and love. But I think, I think that we have the capability of seeing that we have been loved wrong and trying our very, very hardest to break that cycle and to love the people that we are with with a good kind of love. 
one that breaks that cycle. And sometimes this takes a couple generations. Ah, I don't know. Some, some parents do the best that they can with what they have. Uh, well, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Well, um, here, we'll go this. This is, this is what I think is uh, where we're going. So as the Father has loved me, this is what he says, Jesus says in verse 9, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. The love which you have received shapes the love that you are able to give. And what the important thing, what I want us to know and hear today is that regardless of how you were loved as a young child or even how you were loved in a relationship that you have been from the very beginning of your existence, you have been loved well by a God who created you. Uh, We're in the middle of the book of John here. And uh, if you have a Bible that actually has like, well, if you have a real Bible, not just like an electronic one, but I I haven't read like a physical real Bible in years. Um, I have some, they're collecting dust. It's all online. There's no shame in that. Anyway, um, lots of Bibles have red letters for the words of Christ, right? Well, we are in the middle of a section where like everything is red. Jesus is just talking and he's, He's giving some final instructions to his disciples, and uh, he is just, he is talking. And, and the Gospel of John gets a little wordy, it gets a little, it, I always have to read it like three or four times to really truly understand what's, what's happening, maybe six or seven or eight times. But Jesus had just begun to use uh, an agricultural metaphor in the early part of chapter 15. He says that he is a vine, he is a, he's a grapevine, uh, and he has been planted by the Father to produce good fruit. And you and I and his disciples are, well, we are branches of this grapevine. And as long as we stay connected to these branches, well, we're going to bear good fruit. Uh, because if we're connected to the, to the vine, then we are receiving the sap that flows through that plant. And we are receiving the nutrients and the moisture that comes from the soil. And, and it's shaping us into be and to produce the things that we should, we should be. We're branches that should be producing grapes And if we don't produce grapes, Jesus says, the only thing good for dead and broken branches is to be tossed into the burn pile. Now, some people might might harp on that particular bit a little bit. I think he's just saying, this is what you do with dead and broken branches. Like, you all have had burn piles, right? I think everyone here has probably had a burn pile where you've burnt dead and broken branches. But we pick up Jesus, though, in verse 9, and He's saying, as we see here, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. I, I want you to stop and, and think about that, the first part of that. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. The love with which you have been loved shapes your ability to give a good kind of love. Well, we, we, maybe we need to stop and look at how, well, how has the Father loved the Son? Well, we, we confess as uh, Orthodox Christians, as people who don't have heresies, uh, at least most of the time, uh, that God exists as Father, Son, and Spirit as what we would call the Trinity. And so it's, it's this beautiful relationship of love. I, I, one of the ways the Church Fathers talks about it is in a, a circle dance. 
Uh, and the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and the Spirit loves the Father and the Son, and the Father loves the Spirit and the Son, and the Father is love, and the Son is love, and the Spirit is love. And it's just one giant relationship of love that's characterized by a unity of purpose and movement. It's characterized by a selflessness and a self-givingness for the sake of the other. Uh, you don't have to master Trinitarian theology because I'm still trying to do that. It makes my head hurt. Uh, to understand that God exists as a relationship of love and that has powerful implications for you and for me. Again, the quality of the love which with you have, with which you have been loved shapes the love that you might have for others. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Which means that the love that God, that the Father has for the Son, this, this unity of purpose and movement, this selflessness, this self-givingness that God has within itself, that Father has for the Son, that this is the very same kind of love that God has for you. Uh, I want you to just kind of think about that. Let it seep in a little bit. Uh, Let this idea that the God who created the entire world, the universe, and put everything together, that this God loves you in a way that it's super hard for us to understand, but it does, that, that we only maybe glimpse in the very best relationships that we have. I want you to let that sink in down, way down into all of the broken and cracked places deep inside of your soul. The places that were created by a love which was not a good love that you might have received. And to know beyond, beyond anything that this God loves you fully and completely. I, I want to Well, there's the slide I was looking for. All right. I I want to focus on the next part, though. Abide in my love. Uh, Jesus is wanting us to stay there. To always focus on the fact that God is loving us in this significant, in this significant and powerful way. Uh, But as it might be nice to just simply sit here and soak in the love of God and let that heal us and make us whole again, because I think that's what God's love is, well, is what it's doing. What it has done from the beginning of time and is what it was doing in Jesus Christ and what it is still doing here and now. And I know some of you can say without a shadow of a doubt that you have been healed in significant ways by the love of God. Sometimes that has come from other people and sometimes that just is its own thing. I, I, think, I think the reason that Jesus tells his disciples, not just that he loves them, because I think they already know that they, he loves them. I think he tells them this way, that like, as the Father has loved me, so I love you, uh, is that love is always, well, it's always, it's always got a tra- tra- trajectory I don't think that that love that's just received is really truly love. I think it it always has this movement out. 
out from, from the center of what love is to, to lavish on someone else. The passage that your kids are, are learning right now, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. God's relationship of love is sent into the world in the person of Jesus Christ who died and rose again and ascended to be with the Father so that you and I may experience the love of God and be whole. In Pentecost, which we'll talk about in a couple of days, God sends the Holy Spirit again so that you and I may experience the love of God. And what does that Holy Spirit do? It sends the believers out. This love which which we have been given, the love that we have been given from God not only heals us and helps us, but it shapes how we will love our world. In fact, it must make us go out and love those around us in word and in deed. Moving on, verse 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What we must understand, I think what Jesus means here, and I don't think John makes it anywhere clear, it's not clearer anywhere else than, than, than here in John, is that, uh, yeah, I lost myself. Yeah, we must understand what Jesus means here is that now, uh, um, in that John's gospel, wow, keeping God's commandments is always about loving other people. Uh, We'll go on to the next slide. Verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. If we go back, uh, I have kept my Father's commandments. The Father's commandments is for Jesus to love those who he has come in contact with, to love the entire world, to love specifically Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John and all those folks. That's the Gospels that aren't necessarily the disciples. Peter and them. This is the command that I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. And you will be able to remain in my love. Now, now I don't think. So it sounds awfully like If you love other people, then God will still love you. And that's not at all what Jesus is saying. I think in this context, to abide, to remain, means that that if you continue to do these things, that God's love will continue to, to, to send you out to love others. That by loving others, that God's love will continue to empower you to go out and love in the same way that God has loved us. This is my commandment that you have that, that wow that you love one another as I have loved you. Okay, so I want to bring this out of kind of the abstract. I want you to, as much as you're capable, uh, comfortable, take a deep breath and exhale. Now, now when you did that. What you did was you brought in all of the air around you, not all of it, but a good chunk of the air that's around you into your body. And I think we've been extra aware of the air around us these days. And the quality of that air 
The quality of the air will determine how you can act in this world. If it is good air, you will know that it is good air and it will help you to have the energy to move about and do the things that you need to do to be a normal human being. If it is bad air, maybe you get sick. If it's bad air, you'll know it. Like if you're behind that, that pickup truck that's got a leaky exhaust and it's just like coming in through your car and it makes you cough and hack. and like you, If it's bad air, maybe you don't have the energy to get up and move around and do the things that you're supposed to be to function to your fullest capacity as, as a human being. I think, I think that God's love for us, it is as if God's love for us is the air around us that we breathe. And that way, as we live and go around our life, we inhale God's love for us. And, and unlike when we exhale just now, like what comes out is not a waste product, but it is God's love, love through us for other people. Oh, this is my commandment that you would love one another as I have loved you that you would sit and that you would breathe deeply of God's love and that it would come inside your body and your being and that it would fill you and shape you and empower you to be the person that God wants you to be and to go out and love others in the way that you have been loved by God. The quality of the air that you breathe shapes who you are and even maybe who you will become. The quality of the love with which you have been loved shapes the love that we have for others. Now, I, I, I think, like, the, the question may be, like, is this really as simple as this is? Maybe. Maybe it is as simple as just knowing that God loves us and that that God loves us with a way that kind of boggles our mind, that is selfless and self-giving, and that is always oriented for our good and to shape us and to help us to be everything that we should be. I think it's a good place to start, but I, I'm not sure that's it, right? Because I think that our, well, it's always sending us out to love. We exhale, we exhale God's love. I wonder, though, um, if, if maybe you, we're all different places. I think maybe you haven't experienced love in a good kind of way. And I, like I said earlier, like, I don't think it has to stay that way. It doesn't have to shape how you have loved or will love in the future. But I think this starting point of, of understanding that, that God is breathing his love on us constantly, that it can fill us and shape us and change us, I think just being aware of that is a good place to start. Now, some of you have been loved well, and you, have, you know God loves you, and you've known this for a long time, but maybe, just maybe, you haven't been exhaling as odd as it may sound. Like that you have sucked in the love of God, you've understood it, you have taken it deep down inside, but you have failed to let it shape you and you have failed to breathe that love out onto other people. 
You have failed to love people as God has loved you. Maybe you're lazy. I'm not calling you lazy. Maybe you're just shy about it. Maybe you're greedy with it. I think we can be greedy with God's love, by the way. I think the nation of Israel was greedy with God's love. Like, God loves us more than everybody else, um, and he loves us and he doesn't love you. And I think that as Christians, sometimes we get that way. One of the beautiful things about what love is and what God's love is is that there's no limit to it. This God who created us created everything, and there's no scarcity there. So we don't have to be greedy if, if we, all of God's love is for us and all of God's love is for those who are around us as well. I wonder if you could do something this week uh, to just start. Even, even if you have been doing this for a long time, to just as a practice of understanding who you are and what should be shaping you, if you would, every hour this week that you're awake, you might pray this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, thank you for loving me as you have been loved. Help me to love others in the same way. That you would connect that to your breathing and that you would remember that, ah, I'm breathing, I'm breathing in God's love and now I'm going to exhale God's love for other people in the same kind of way. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, thank you for loving me as you have been loved. Help me to love in the same kind of way. And then as we do that, as we become more and more aware of the way in which God has loved us, well, then that we might breathe out God's love on those around us. I want, God wants, God wants us to be a people who love him with all that we are, with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength, and he wants us to be people who love our neighbor as ourselves. That is our mission. That is our calling. That is who we are to be. And we can do that because we have been loved well. We can love well the world around us because we have loved well. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.